25 minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nahum Siegel. Welcome to a Thursday Rosh Chodesh morning. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program.
גם
Words we say on Rosh Chodesh. From Miami here at JM in the AM. Ooh, speaking of Miami, we're heading down to Miami. We've been contacted by a lot of friends, by the way, who are very excited about this upcoming trip. They'll be visiting us in uh, in Miami. When we get to Beth Israel Congregation at 7 p.m. this coming Monday night on West 40th Street under the leadership of Rabbi Bixen. That's going to be happening this coming, uh, what did I say, this coming Monday night, right? Yeah, this coming Monday night. Very much looking forward to it. Should be a lot of fun. Uh, and then, and that'll be Tuesday morning's JM in the AM. The Wednesday morning JM in the AM will be done from the Hebrew Academy, the legendary Hebrew Academy down in Miami. So, We've got big plans. We've got lots going on. <laughs> and I'm glad you're going to be part of it. So Tuesday morning, it's Monday night's visit to Beth Israel Congregation. Wednesday morning, it's Tuesday's visit to the Hebrew Academy. We're in Miami, and we're looking forward to it. And by the way, that was just a total coincidence that I played a Miami song. <laughs> I just, I just, uh, it just hit me. 
I, pl- I played that, obviously, because of Yalavievo, which we say on uh, Rosh Chodesh. But that worked out perfectly for our future plans here for next week at JM in the AM. Um, Aruach had Barachinavshi, words we say on uh, on Rosh Chodesh, Shlomo Kalbach's Barachinavshi, B'nai Amelech from Joey Newcomb, Yehuda Glantz, and Adam Yachol Yot. The Wonder of Life, that was Yaakov Shweki, Yaakov Chesed with Barachinavshi, Lo almost words from Halel, Shwebel Sharf and Levine, Shlemi Gertner with Ain Kelokainu, and of course Regesh, Modani opening things up, and we say good morning. Welcome to a Thursday on this October 7th, the very first day of Mar Cheshvan, the second day of Rosh Chodesh, uh, second day of Ulach Paras Pasha. I remember all the traditional additions for Rosh Chodesh, including Yalav Yavo, Half Halel, Special Torah Reading, Musaf with Ulach Paras Pasha, Baruch Hinafshi, all the traditional additions that your custom calls for on a Rosh Chodesh morning. 64 degrees, 88% humidity, winds in north at 4 miles per hour, mix of sun and clouds, high of 74. Then tonight, cloudy and a low of 64. Tomorrow, partly cloudy. And a high temperature of 77 degrees. 80 right now in Yerushalayim. We're at 64 in New York City as we say good morning at JM in the AM. Charles Rosene is going to join us. We haven't spoken to him in a long time. Last time we spoke to him, we were participating in one of his uh, amazing Pesach programs. He's out with a brand new book. (laughs) It's a pop culture book with a lot of Jewish connections. Um... This is one of those uh, interviews that I have a fun time doing, associating almost everybody in an industry somehow with the Jewish community. <laughs> so he'll do that with us later on this morning here at JMA. I'm also Michael Fragan, who's on the air at 9.30 this morning, Eastern Time, every Thursday at the Nahum Siegel Network. He is expected with us uh, at about 8.35 this morning. We'll talk about the world of politics and everything that's going on in this amazing world of ours as we get close to a mayoral election here in New York City, and we take a look at what's happening in general across the country. That'll be happening later on in the uh, 8 o'clock hour here at JM in the AM. Feel free to comment on the app. Go to the NSN, Nahum Single Network app for Android and iPhone, and comment away. Uh, Boker Tov giving a shout-out to Rafi Jacobs and Tali Goldman, who are, according to this listener, finally getting married on Sunday. What a fabulous couple, Mazal Tov. And we say Mazal Tov from all of us here at JM in the AM as well. Let's keep increasing the amazing good news that we are... Um, the amazing good news that we are now really being inundated with because it's after Yontif. A lot of people getting engaged, a lot of people getting married, Baruch Hashem. Um... Got a nice note from listener Morris this morning. He says, two awesome interviews yesterday and great music selection this morning. I listened for the last hour as I drove to the Rosh Chodesh Club in Englewood right now. We'll send videos and pictures. So Morris is on his way to a Rosh Chodesh Club, Shacharis and Musaf. That's what it sounds like. And wonderful Hallel. And he's been listening for the last hour. And yeah, yesterday we had both uh, Rabbi Heber and... Um, Rabbi, you did on the program. If you missed the conversations, check out the archive. NahumSiegel.com, NSN app. Check out the archive. Uh, it was a great morning yesterday at JMNAM, like most mornings are, but you get my point. It was extra special. Rabbi Heber and Rabbi Yadid, make sure to check it out. Well, this week's Parsha is Parsha's Noah. What does Lenny Solomon and Schlockrock have to say about that? <laughs> we will now hear testimony. 
me from uh, Brother Righteous, Righteous Noah. Brother Righteous, Righteous Noah. Come on, get up, you. Yeah. Well, uh, it, it, it wasn't very sunny. The rain was kind of like like a big stream. Yeah, that's it. Like a stream. Ah, tell us in your own words. A decree last night came from God up in the heavens. There'll be a change in this world that's gone so wrong. I got some wood and I hammered so he might save me. But the people laughed and still kept doing wrong. For the people all said, come round, come round, he's making a boat. People all said, come round, come round, he's making a boat. For 40 days and nights, I said the rain would pour from heaven. And even though I said, people, please enlist, there they all stood. My pleading went unheeded. Soon they all disappeared into the mist. For the people said, don't care, we're not going on your ship. People all said, don't care, we're not going on your ship. And the animals came on under. And as I looked, the rain had stopped from heaven. <laughs> A little dove came, and I sent her overboard. And I gave thanks, and I hollered, God did save me. Then I planted a new vineyard on the shore. And I said to them, all come round, come round, I'm making a boat. I said to them, all come round, come round, I'm making a boat. And they ended up six feet under, couldn't even stay above and float. Come round, come round, come round, come round, come round, he's making a boat. of different people walking up to say Build more! Build more! Build more! Build more! Build more! There was one nation and one spoken language After the flood life should be swelled 
But instead the people came, had to fight with God again. They decide to build a tower in Babel. Yes, Nimrod, sir? We have a job to do. We can't stop. I'm going for the ultimate glory. I'm talking a war with God. And we'll fight. You'll see. The bricks, hurry up! What have we here? I see one single nation. Unfazed, attracted, they all gel. Want to fight with God somehow? This he will not allow. They'll be trying to destroy God in Babel. Build more today. One thousand stories. Build more today. This is our life. I need more bricks. Don't make it fancy. We must wage war on God in this life. A report from Bavel. <laughs> it's for me. I will be ruler of the world tomorrow. We're holding steady. Now don't let me down. Have you got enough glue? <laughs> Look at this tower today. Out of sight. And tomorrow, almost done. Almost done? Then we will really fight. Well, then let's savor it. Keep the pieces. Building at night cannot fail. We will be very wise. Put the finishing touch and it's war. Yes, sir. We will not desist. <laughs> well, thank you. And get me some more mud. Now we all know what God would have to do here. They were not sad when people fell. But they cried till they were sick If they dropped just one small brick Cause only one thing mattered in Babel Oh, and they weren't lazy They worked so hard all night for free That's what was so God came down yonder and he ended their duty And mixed their language up as well They could talk and they could prod But you know you can't fight God So everyone dispersed at once Yes, everyone dispersed at once Yes, everyone dispersed at once, Bobby. your best shot, Nimrod. You were the greatest warrior in the whole world. I know. No being alive could come close to beating you. <laughs> but God, that's another matter. I know, it's true. Seems in hindsight we should have followed that Abraham. You mean follow his orders? He's the chosen one. The one who came out of the fire. But he's... The one who God loved the most. I know, but... Now we are just one of the rest. And do we want to be one of the rest? No, of course. I mean, the Jews, but... Right from that moment there has been Mesora. The first exiled was there as well. Out of this locality came the Talmud called Bavli. The oral Torah came right from Bavel. I'm sure you know when we are worthy, Mashiach comes, we'll hear the root. We will not part from speaking Hebrew, every other language will be. When are they praying? We must get God back into our life. It's time to get along, please no more strife. We're living in a world of change and ritual. First come the pains when we all yell. With God's pity, no more sin. Mashiach's coming in. But get along inside this world Our duty is to get along Learn our lessons straight from home
Eitan Katz at America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program. Heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web and Nachum Segal. I'm the Nachum Segal Network, and of course, the beloved NSNF. News from Israel next. זאת לאחר שדחו את המתווה שהוצג להם אתמול. כתבנו לענייני בריאות, שי פרידמן, ומוסר כי גורמים בלשכת שר הבריאות ניצן הורוביץ, קיימו מגעים עם נציגי המחאה, אך לא סוכמו הבנות חדשות בין הצדדים. הדוקטור רי ביטון, יושבת ראש ארגון המתמחים מרשם, והפרופסור חזי לוי, לשעבר מנכ"ל משרד הבריאות, שוחחו בגלי צהל על חילוקי הדעות בין גורמי הממשלה לנציגי המחאה. אנחנו היום בשעה שתיים בצהריים נגיע אה, משלחת אה, של מתמחים להגיש בצער רב אה, 2,500 מכתבי פיטורים. אני לא חושב שאנחנו יכולים כך סתם לעזוב את החולים. עם כל הרצון להיאבק על משהו שנראה להם צודק, אני מצטער על כך שרופאים עוזבים את החולים. סוף לשביתה במעונות היום. אחרי חמישה ימים, מחר יחזרו לפעילות מעונות הגיל הרך. זאת לאחר שהושגו הבנות בין ארגוני המעונות, משרד הכלכלה ומשרד האוצר. כתבתנו איילת ברון מציינת כי יגובש מענה זמני של מענק לסייעות, ולקראת שנה הבאה יבחנו באוצר את הגדלת תעריף המעונות, תוך מענה לטענות הארגונים. מחלקת הסבר סייבר בפרקליטות המדינה הגישה כתב אישום נגד קובי רוטנברג, צעיר תושב בני ברק, בגין שורה של עבירות מין שביצע ב-26 קטינים ובמספר בגירים באמצעות יישומוני אינסטגרם ווואטסאפ. לאחר כתב, על פי כתב האישום, רוטנברג פתח לעצמו חשבונות מזויפים ברשתות החברתיות, יצר קשר עם הנפגעים, ולאחר שזכה באמונם, ביצע בהם מעשים מגונים באמצעות שיחות וידאו. נציגי הפרקליטות ביקשו מבית המשפט להורות על מעצר הנאשם עד תום ההליכים. ידיעה שמסר כתבנו איתי שריג. המאבק בפשיעה מדרום הארץ. ראש עיריית באר שבע רוביק דנילוביץ' ייפגש היום עם ראש הממשלה בנט כדי להביע מחאה על אופן טיפול הרשויות בכל הנוגע לאכיפת הנשק הבלתי חוקי באזור הנגב. בשיחה עם אמיר איבגי בגלי צה"ל אמר דנילוביץ' הגיע הזמן שמדינת ישראל תחזיר את המשילות בדרום. הגיע הזמן שמדינת ישראל תקבל החלטה. יש בעיה גדולה של היעדר משילות. אי אפשר לטפל בפשיעה באופן נקודתי. אם המדינה לא תגדע את הפשיעה ולא תחזיר את המשילות ואת הביטחון האישי לתושבים, כל אזרח במדינת ישראל יהיה מאוים. מזג האוויר היום תחול עלייה בטמפרטורות, במקביל לירידה בלחות ברחבי הארץ. אלה החדשות שעורכת עמית נגבי. הלב שלי נקרא לשניים, מה שלא ראתה שפחה למים, כמו סופה מן הים עולם, כמו תופעה של מרים פועל, ואין תרופה בעולם. הלב שלי מרים ידיים, כבר מועד לא עומד על הרגליים, שבר כלי שאין בו כבר מה, והשמיים הם לי חומה, חבור בתור. חיים ביבשה. ורק אתה יכול להפוך מספדי למחול, לזכך את החול, לרכך בי הכל. ורק אתה מבין איך לגשת ללב שלי, משכך כל כאב שבי. מרפא את הלב 
הלב שלי נקרע לשניים, חציו השם וחציו לשם שמיים, כמו סופה מן הים עולם, כמו תופעה של מרים פועם, ואין תרופה בעולם ללב. ורק אתה יכול להפוך מספדי למחול, לזכך את החול, לרכך בי הכל.
J.M. in the A.M. with Shalimi Gertner. Baruch Shalmar is the name of that one. Uh, B'Simcha before that. Yishai Rebo's Halev Shali opened up the hour, and it's a Rosh Chodesh Mar Cheshvan morning here at J.M. in the A.M. Don't forget all the uh, traditional additions for Rosh Chodesh, as we like to say. <laughs> uh, tomorrow, right here, it's a Friday edition of J.M. in the A.M. And uh, I certainly hope you'll join us. As we uh, close out the quote-unquote work week, as you know, um, one of the amazing things about this network is our Thursday and Friday programming with a special tip of the hat and a big thank you to our friends at Kedem, who uh, sponsor our Erev Shabbos show tomorrow night, hosted, excuse me, our Erev Shabbos show tonight, hosted by Mark Zomik, who sponsor our Erev Shabbos music mix, who sponsor our final hour. Uh, tomorrow before Shabbos. Uh, and a reminder that we have incredible, and this is a um, this is even an understatement, frankly. We have an incredible lineup of great shows uh, coming at you all through Thursday and Friday. Right after JM and this morning, it's Charlie Harari. Uh, Michael Fragan with a brand new show, Spin Class, with a brand new episode. Uh, you've got... Um, Allison Joseph's Jew in the City Speaks. Miriam L. Wallach with a brand new That's Life coming up at 10.30 a.m. Eastern Time. We've got our live lunch coming up starting at 12 noon Eastern Time. And then tomorrow, as I, and then tonight, of course, the Erev Shabbat Show with Mark Zamek, Parsha's Noach, literally put together for Parsha's Noach. And it's 7 p.m. tonight, 3 a.m. tomorrow, and 10 a.m. tomorrow. All three time slots you could hear the uh, Erev Shabbos show. So all brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem. So check it out. Be part of it and enjoy our Thursday and Friday programming. No need to touch that dial, as we always say. No, Literally, no need to touch that dial when it comes to a Thursday and Friday of programming here at the JM and the AM. This portion of NSN and, and the Nahum Siegel Network. This portion of NSN programming brought to you by our friends at A&H. Abels and Hyman, Kosher Hot Dog Sausage in Delhi is the world's best, serving the kosher world since 1954 and available at Better Kosher Supermarkets nationwide. Try A&H today. You'll be glad you did. That is an understatement. You will certainly be glad you did. Well, our friends at Gaia Coffee, they've got the system down pat. If you want a delicious, fresh-brewed cup of coffee in the easiest manner, the easiest procedure possible, then you got to get yourself some Gaia Coffee. GaiaCoffee.com is the website. G-A-I-A Coffee.com. G-A-I-A Coffee.com. Gaia Coffee. Uh, basically what you do is you uh, fill your glass, your coffee mug, uh, with uh, some boiling hot water. You take a Gaia Coffee brew bag and toss it in. That's about the entire thing. It steeps for a while, and you have for yourself an unbelievably tasting Delicious brewed coffee. 15% off with promo code radio. 15% off with promo code radio uh, at the website. Go to GaiaCoffee.com. G-A-I-A Coffee.com. Great way to start the morning with our friends at Gaia Coffee. A lot of people need <laughs> to start the morning <laughs> with our great friends at Gaia Coffee. <laughs> yes, yes. The magic of coffee, many people would say. The magic of coffee. More coming up. It's a Thursday morning or Chodesh morning at JM the
J.M. in the A.M. Shlomo Simcha with Ani Shalach. Here on a J.M. in the A.M. Thursday, Rosh Chodesh. Before that, except Saturday with Lachun Aranina. 
here at JM in the AM. Rabbi David Goldwasser's words, Here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with Morning Chizuk. Good morning. Someone once wrote to the Maharash that he has challenges in life that aren't simple. He has a lot of problems in his Avodah Hashem. As much as he tries to get closer, there are difficulties and obstacles, and then he falls. He said that he tries very hard not to get Hashem angry, but sometimes he's not matzliach. When he started to come closer to Hashem, it was easy, but now it's more difficult by the day. The Maharash answers him, You should know life is not easy. There are nisyonos, challenges for each person that sometimes are difficult and bitter because every person is tested to see how we will measure up. The first thing that we have to know is to always be besimcha, to give ourselves over with even selfless dedication to be happy. Simcha is the foundation of our avodah Hashem in our daily lives. Simcha itself is a very difficult avodah. A person can do all the avodah Hashem, but when it comes to being happy, it is sometimes very difficult. Reb Nosson says in Lukuti Alochos, Shoresh Nefashos Yisrael, who sowed Simcha. The root of the souls of Bnei Yisrael is the foundation of happiness. That's because that's also the foundation of Kedusha, of holiness. It says in Divrei Hayomim, Oz Bimkomo, there is rejoicing before Hashem. Most of the Averus, most sins, happen because a person is sad, because of bitterness and despondency that enters into an individual. All sins have their root in that unhappiness. The main thing is that an individual should remember at all times to rejoice, to be happy that they are from B'nai Yisrael, that they are living and have the ability to be an Ever Hashem. The Pasuk tells us, Ivdu Hashem Besimcha, serve Hashem with great happiness. And then an individual will be able to come in front of Hashem with even a higher level of happiness in Simcha. This is our Avodah Dorengelo, to try to reach the level of happiness where we come before Hashem doing tshuva, with great happiness and joy. This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser bringing you morning chizik. Have a nice day.
Rosh Chodesh morning, JM and the AM on this Thursday. Full Thursday schedule, by the way. As we always say, on Thursday and Friday, there's no need to touch that dial. All day, all the way until candlelighting time, for two days straight, amazing programming. Charlie Harari coming up at 9 o'clock. Michael Fragan will be with Elliot Kaufman, letters editor for the Wall Street Journal, discussing the Crown Heights pogrom 30 years later. That's happening at 9.30 on Spin Class. Allison Joseph with Rabbi Jack Abramowitz. Um, they'll talk about um, his role as a renowned author and uh, question answerer, if you will. He's also educational correspondent for Jew in the City and Project Macomb. Miriam L. Wallach, in honor of Breast Cancer Awareness Month, is joined by uh, Shoshana Polakoff who's a survivor and uh, is outspoken about the whole experience. That'll be at 10.30 on That's Life. We'll live lunch starting at 11 o'clock. The Arab Shabbos Show tonight with Mark Zamek, brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem. It starts at 7 p.m. for Parshas Noach. It'll be encored at um, 3 a.m. and 10 a.m. tomorrow. You can hear all of it, of course, right here at the Nahum Siegel Network. Thursday morning broadcast with 64 degrees, a mix of sun and clouds, and a high of 74. That was Micha Gammerman. With the Sudachli Sheet medley before that, Simcha Liner off of um, the Project Relax here at JM and the AM. Well, the last time that Charles Rosnay was a uh, regular guest of ours on JM and the AM was when he was an amazing uh, a host for us. Uh, we actually broadcasted from there. We didn't just go, we actually broadcasted from there. Um,. At Club Kosher down in Puerto Rico. We had an amazing Pesach there um, about five years ago. And that was the last time that Charles was a, uh, a regular, so to speak, on this program. We had an opportunity to talk about uh, the great work that he and his partners have done in the Pesach program industry. He is certainly best known for presenting Glot Kosher vacations to the Caribbean and other destinations through Club Kosher. Now, Charles Rosnay has published his first book, not exactly a kosher book, as he would say, nor is it a memoir of his travel experiences. But there's a lot of Jewish content, and frankly for me, it's a, it's a fun book. Uh, it's a pop culture book entitled The Book of Top Ten Horror Lists, which collects lists of favorite monster movies, actors, and other themes from 100 celebrities, many of whom are Jewish friends of the author. Charles Rosnay, a pleasure to welcome you back to JM in the AM. Thank you. I, I kind of think maybe the stories of Club Kosher are scarier. <laughs> and, and it would have made it a whole different horror book. Talking about the guests and some of the things that happened. But this is a lot more fun. <laughs> yes, I I hear that. A lot of people do associate horror with Pesach programs. And frankly, as a, a customer and somebody who enjoyed what you provided, no horror from our angle, but I do hear what you're saying in terms of guests and others that you've met over the years. So if I if I get the concept if I get the concept down here, um, you've asked people that you've met, many of whom are really familiar names, which we'll go through, to simply to simply list their top ten 
horror, I guess, anything having to do with horror, movies, actors, themes, etc. Am I getting this right? Yeah, movies, uh, different themes, their scariest books they've ever read that were horror, horror, anything that they were scared by or horror or monsters, that whole fits into the gamut. And, you know, we got some people who were friends of mine, some people who I thought were never uh, monster mavens who would never have even come up with lists. And they, it, the book is just everyone's having fun with it. It's getting great reviews. And people who know me only from Club Kosher and from the Kosher Vacations are like, well, where did this come from? So it's really it's, it's very fun. We should mention, by the way, speaking of where it came from, in addition to all the tours you did for Pesach and and kosher tours. You're also the creator of the annual magical history tour that goes to Liverpool for Beatles fans, and maybe in today's context, more importantly, the Dracula tour that goes to Transylvania, Romania, a literal vampire vacation that brings fans to the land of Vlad the Impaler and Dracula. I mean, I, I get the Beatles one. I didn't realize you'd get a crowd and you'd have a lot of interest when it came to the Transylvania one. So we've been doing the Dracula tours since 1998, and the first year I went, uh, we heard that there was a, a synagogue in Brasov, which is you know one of the bigger uh, bigger uh, cities in Romania. Of course, Bucharest is the biggest. And I went with my friend, and we knocked on. We, first, very hard to find because it's a it's, it's a gated, uh, walled area. And then you go beyond there, and there's the shul. And so we got inside, and I knocked on the door. They opened the little eye latch just to see what's going on. They took one look at me, closed it up. <laughs> I go, please, I'm coming from America. I'm supposed to ask about getting a kosher meal here. They didn't understand a word I said. They closed it up. I look at my partner. What do I do? I said, America. I talked in Yiddish. <laughs> they opened it. And they opened it up. They let me in. They hugged. It was a. It was a whole other mindset. Once I was able to talk a little Yiddish, and I got in the doors, and uh, that was one of my first and best experiences going to Romania. But I bring Dracula groups who love Dracula and like to, you know, experience the craziness of that. The Beatle fans I bring to Liverpool. And the kosher groups I would bring, you know, wherever, Mexico, uh, Puerto Rico, it's all, you know, making people happy. It's all about, you know, the travel industry, but it's also about entertainment. My real Parnassa is DJing, you know, right. doing bar mitzvahs and right. weddings and all that. So nothing is a far stretch when it comes to, you know, finding ways to entertain people. And during the pandemic, I was going crazy. I wasn't doing any of those things. You know, sitting home with COVID, you know, we were watching endless movies, horror movies, of course, and, uh, you know, <laughs> doing all the things we needed to do. But when the kids went to sleep and it was shot in the house, when it went past the witching hour midnight, I was working on the book. And uh, just really proud of what's come out of it. You know what's funny about Charles Rosene is with us. You know what's funny about your experience in Romania is that, you know, the initial part of it, especially with the background you're coming with, you know, you're going for a Dracula tour. The initial part of it is literally like a horror movie. It's literally like, you know, yeah, somebody somebody staring out for the people. In fact, I'm shocked that it ended up happen that it ended up, you know, with such good news in the end because right. because the the way the way things were going, who knew who knew what your fate was when you were knocking on that door and expecting a response from inside. That's true. That's so true. <laughs> <laughs> and, you and you probably thought of that as you were standing there, I would bet. Um, all right. So basically, the bottom line is uh, we, we have, there are a lot of people out there. And, and again, you know, uh, uh, for, for many people listening right now, I'm sure they get 
uh, you know, why there are many music and Beatles fans out there that would want to go to Liverpool. What we don't realize is just how many horror fans there are out there and how many of them, you know, love sharing their stories, uh, their their um, objective opinions, so to speak, about yeah. diff- about different horror characters, etc. And you've compiled yeah. a book of top ten horror lists from a bunch of different celebrities. By the way, before we even talk about some of the people that are included in the book, we should mention, and this is, I mean, this is something that we've discussed on the air before. There is, just like with Superman and Batman and other superheroes, there is so much Jewish influence in the horror genre, right? There's a lot of stuff that that we either would realize or not even realize have Jewish themes or Jewish associations in the horror industry. It's, it's funny you mention that, because when I do these trips, there's always a few Yidla who come along with me, right. you know? And, and on the Beatles tour, <clears throat> one of the things I always do is we sit down with a pen and paper, and we go through the Beatles minion, <laughs> who, it was, who, it, who it was that were tightly associated with the Beatles that were Jewish. Right. And my God, when you think about it, you know, it's their manager. It's the guy, Sid Bernstein, who brought sure. them to America. Right. It goes on and on. And then, the, then there's the, their tailor was Jewish. And this one and that one, it's, and it's really funny. So with the horror field, it's not really so much the case. Because when the book was done, and I thought, you know, I want to talk about this with my Jewish friends, and there's a bunch of people who contributed to the book, you know, celebrities who were Jewish. But I thought, let's think of the horror icons. Now, if we were growing up, and we were growing up in a home where they allowed us to watch TV, right. and they allowed us to watch monster movies, which might not be the case, you know, with all the listeners, but um, you grew up on the universal monsters. You grew up on, grew up on Dracula, right. Frankenstein, the right. Wolfman, all right. those. And all those amazing actors... None of them were Jewish. Now, not Boris Karloff, not Bela Lugosi, not Lon Chaney. The ones that people know, Christopher Lee, Peter Cushing, on and on and on. There was one, one Jewish guy out of all of them, and not a lot of people knew he was Jewish. He was this creepy guy who spoke like this and was friends in Sydney Green Street, and his name was Peter Laurie. And that's it? That's uh, it. I, you know, I'm sure there were no, there were tons of people who were cameos here or were in movies. Oh, also, you, and we have to consider also, you know, how many producers, directors, and people behind the scenes in Hollywood oh, probably had yeah, a Jewish influence, right? Those they were all Jewish, of right. course. Wow, <laughs> but, interesting. Right. But of the of the monsters who you know put on three right. hours of makeup and then came out and scared everybody. Peter Lorre was about the only one, and he played you know a lot of crazy people. He was in the movie Mad Love and M and. You know, if you go back on his IMDb, you see all his credits. So, so am I wrong? Am I wrong in terms of themes and just in in terms of influences? I'm I'm not talking about the actors themselves. I'm talking about the storylines. Am I wrong that there's not a lot of spirit storylines? You're oh my god! I don't interrupt you, but no, you're 100 percent right. Oh good. Uh, There's there's biblical themes. There's the Goyim. The Goyim. Right. Right. Is is so famous, and and that's you know that's a direct. Descendant with with Frankenstein, right. no doubt. You know, and and there's and there's a lot of really great Jewish influenced horror movies that people don't even know about. Matis Yahu was in a movie uh, called the uh, the Possession, which is you know one of these exorcist type movies right. where he has to take take a get a dibic into a box and all this. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of great themes, but not a lot of actors. It's, it's, which is very odd. Just so just it happened to be that way. Right. Very interesting. Wow, I'll tell you. I, and and even, you know, it's funny. Even Frankenstein. 
I always, I always, I always look at the creator of Frankenstein, meaning in the movie itself, as a Jewish doctor, like as a Jewish, you know, like that mad scientist had to be Jewish, right, or had to have some type of Jewish influence. Well, if you if you if you then watch Young Frankenstein, it all comes together. <laughs> that's right. That's right. There, there's a there's a big Jewish influence. That's for sure. I was. By the way, a purist like you likes Young Frankenstein, or a purist like you thinks it's blasphemy that a movie like that's created. It's one of the greatest. If I have to do a top ten uh, list of the horror movies with humor, uh, Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein right. and Young and Young Frankenstein right. right at the top. I mean, but Gene between Gene Wilder and Bell Brooks, right. how could you go wrong? I'm ashamed. I'm ashamed to say I'm very familiar with both those movies. Charles Roseday is with us. The book is called "The Book of Top Ten Horror Lists." Uh, monsters, celebrities, actors, athletes, rock stars, the book of top ten horror lists. Now, who are some of these celebrities, rock stars, etc., that have participated with you in this book? Well, you mentioned, you know, uh, uh, athletes. Dave right. Winfield, the Baseball Hall of wow. Famers. And it's, That's cool. There's five uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Famers. There's a Beatle. There's a Monkey, wow. one of the Monsters. But if we're asking what Jews are in it, right? Uh, interestingly enough, the uh, one passed away at the age of 91 recently, Ed Asner. Right. Uh, and I love telling the story because he was tough. You know, for some reason, I was determined to get his list. I don't know why. I don't really pursue a lot of them the way I pursued him. Uh, I had seen him in a show and thought, boy, you know, he'd be good for the book. And I sent it. I had found his home address, sent it, never heard anything. Sent it to his management, then his booking agent, literally every person, I, the studio, the show he was on, nothing, nothing, nothing. He was back on Broadway, and I sent it to the theater. And he sent me back a card saying, you do better stalking than Scotland Yard. <laughs> so he must, he must have gotten them all. And he gave in, and he said, here's a list. He didn't give me ten. He goes, you write the ten. And <laughs> so I put in his actual card of what he wrote to me, plus his list, which is the only one of two abbreviated lists I allowed in there. The other one who's in there, who people don't associate with horror, though he was in the Twilight Zone, though he was in so many things, uh, is William Shatner. Yeah. Canadian Jew. I think sure. he's probably 90 years old by now. Right. And, and he's the only one who got two chapters. One was his top 10 list, and then we put in a top 10 list of the 10 genre roles that he was in that we thought were great. Very cool. Yeah, he was in a lot of great stuff. In fact, he, they just announced he's going to space. Unbelievable, right? Yeah. yeah. Wait, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. I, I got to ask, I don't know if you want to reveal it or not, which monster is in it? Uh, the monster that's in it is the only one of two living ones, and it's Butch Patrick who right. played Eddie, Eddie, Eddie right. Munster. And, and he gave us a great list, and he actually came on one of our tours in the past. He's a really uh, sweet guy. He's give very, me, very giving. Very, he's a gentleman. I don't want to reveal everything, but give me give me uh, uh, one more athlete aside from Dave Winfield, who is one of my favorites. Uh, he's the only athlete. Oh, he's the, he's the only, only athlete, athlete in. in this book. He's the only I've athlete. recently spoken to our friend Art Shamsky and uh -huh. Ron Bloomberg because those are Jewish athletes who come to sure. mind when you think. And, and I just because they're friends of mine, and I approach them for the sequel to this book, which will be called <laughs> The Bride of the Book of Top Ten Horrors. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> I got to tell you, one guy who doesn't, you know, you don't come to mind, doesn't come to mind, uh, is, is the guy who played Eugene in Greece. He's this Jerry Lewis yeah. guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember him. I a short guy. His name is Eddie Deason. Right. He's a real mensch. He's a, he's a beautiful soul. And Eddie's been, I've known him for many years, and I asked him for his list early on. 
and I, it's, it's funny because out of the dozen or so Jews in this whole book, I used him and the actress Karen Black, who was born Karen Blanche Ziegler. <laughs> I asked the two of them for their lists. They gave them instantly, and I used them as templates when I was asking others for their list because their lists were so well thought out. Wow. It's not that they gave just great lists, but they gave commentary with the list. People take horror seriously, huh? <laughs> Some do. Uh, others, you know, others uh, played with it and, and, and did it more tongue-in-cheekly. What's really fascinating is the differences from the people, how they give their list. Right. You know, one, one gives, you know, a few words and said, yeah, this scared me, and nah, yeah, nah, not worth watching now. You know, just a few words. Right. Um, but others, there's John Lennon's sister, Julia Baird. Uh, God bless her. She's still alive. She's living in Liverpool. And uh, she came through with this list. But, but first, she gave me uh, a, a disclaimer. She said, I don't like horror movies. She's the second one who did it. I'll tell you who the other one is in a second. She goes, I don't like horror movies, but I'm going to do this list, Charles, because I love you and because it's something that it won't be in your book otherwise. Nothing. you know what she gave me? She gave me a dissertation on the horrors in Shakespeare's work. Oh, that's <laughs> cool. That's actually cool. Brilliant, right? And yeah. it's the biggest chapter in the book. It's like a college thesis that deserves its own little book. It's that good. Unbelievable. Very and the cool. Other one, I'll tell you who the other one was that, you know, she, I, she wanted to be represented. She didn't want to turn me down. Was Boris Karloff's daughter, <gasps> Sarah. What? Right? Wow, right? She uh, She's no kid either. And she says she doesn't like horror movies. She never liked monster movies. She watched her dad's movies, but never saw. She goes, how can I give you a list? And she goes, well, I got it. I will give you the list of 10 things in life that scare me. Oh, is that cool? And you know what, what number 10 was? Her father's movies. <laughs> no, no. Having to do this list for the book. <laughs> I love it. Unbelievable. Boris Karloff's daughter telling you what scares her. That's pretty cool. By the way, for the rockers out there, we should mention Elliot Easton's in there, right? He's in the book. Elliot Easton. Talk about meant. Yeah, Elliot Easton is one of the two cars who are in there, him and, and Greg Hawks, both in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Right. Uh, uh, Elliot Easton is, is, great, is a great guy, and his list is, is probably, if I did a top ten of the top ten lists that are in the book, <laughs> his would be, his would be, a, you can tell I love top ten lists. Yes. I used to watch and it's David a, Letterman, yeah. and he used to do the top ten list, and that was one of the inspirations. Elliot Easton is one of five Rock and Roll Hall of Famers who are, uh, who are in the book, and for people who don't know, he was the lead guitarist in the band The Cars. Yeah. Yesterday we were just talking about the Jewish book of lists. List books are great, and they're fun, and they're entertaining. Uh, Charles, I could do this with you all day. Uh, folks, those of you who are uh, into this, uh, you're going to be really into it once you get the book. It's uh, Monsters, Celebrities, Actors, Athletes, and Rock Stars, the book of top ten horror lists done by Cryptmaster Chucky himself. That's Charles Rosenay, our wonderful friend. Charles, any plans for Pesach, or are you still on a COVID break? You know, they sent uh, a company sent me out on a site inspection in the Mayan Riviera, which isn't far from Cancun, wow. for a brand brand new hotel. But it, it's not going to work. I, I loved it, but there it's couple oriented. It wasn't enough kids uh, stuff. And that's the biggest up. part of it. Right. So I'm on the lookout. God willing, that you know the world will be normal enough that we can do Pesach like we did in the past. I'm not going to do it myself. My partner's no longer around who uh, used to help me with these. Um, and so uh, I, I would work for another 
organization. If there's any listening that needs someone to run a program, cool. promote a program, host a program, entertain a program, I'm there. But as far as doing one myself, I'm not going to do that anymore. Got it. All right, the book we should mention, by the way, is on Amazon, and I assume that that's probably the primary way for people to get it, right? Unless they want a signed copy. If they want me to Ooh. autograph a copy, personalize it. If you go to the website, which is www.bookoftop10horrorlists.com, uh, it says how to reach me you know, by phone and by email, and I'll gladly personalize a copy. Bookoftop10horrorlists.com, and the 10 in that is 1-0, right? It is. Thank you for saying that. I bet I bet that this isn't a, a normal um, interview that you do. You don't always do a lot of shows on monsters, do you? <laughs> no, we don't usually. But you pitched this, and I said this is way too cool. Uh, book of Top Ten com. Charles Rosene. Have a wonderful, happy, healthy year, and thanks so much Amen. for joining us, Charles. Amen. May everybody's monsters only be fictional. <laughs> Amen to that. That's a good. That's a good blessing to say the least. And this is America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program, heard on listener-sponsored digital radio, around the world, the web at AlchemSingle.com and the AlchemSingle Network, and of course on the beloved NSN app.
Ich <laughs> <laughs>
JM in the AM Thursday morning broadcast, Rosh Chodesh morning. How you doing, everybody? Uh, Muftach is done by Shmuel Younger. You heard Lipa before that here at JM in the AM. And um, what preceded that? Uh, Zevi Kaufman's Akavia and Shragi Gestetner with Lachayim. Thursday morning, Rosh Chodesh morning here at JM in the AM. Don't forget to add Ulcha Paras Pasha to, uh, to Musaf. Don't forget we're in Miami next week. Our New Jersey chairman of the Jewish Unity Initiative, Ralph Rosenbaum, is all set. His bags are packed. He's ready to roll down to uh, the Sunshine State. Uh, we'll be there a uh, Monday between 7 and 10 p.m. at Beth Israel Congregation with Rabbi Bixen and company, and we'll be recording Tuesday morning's JM in the AM. Then on Tuesday, we'll be at the Hebrew Academy, and we'll be recording Wednesday morning's JM in the AM. So we've got a big visit to Florida. We're doing what uh, millions of Americans have done over the last 18 months. We're going to Florida. <laughs> And we'll find out why millions of Americans have gone in that direction over the last 18 months. Yeah, we certainly will. So that's all happening uh, Monday night. If you know somebody who's down in Florida and I've already gotten... Oh, uh, by the way, I just got a communique from the great Harry Turkish. Haven't seen Harry Turkish in a long, long time. He says he's going to try to stop by Monday night and say hi. I'll tell you. We're bringing out some of the old friends who are going to be uh, hopefully coming by and saying hi on Monday night at Beth Israel Congregation. Uh, anyways, that's the story. Tuesday morning and Wednesday morning, JM and the AM from Florida. Big thank you to Ralph Rosenbaum, uh, New Jersey chair of our Jewish Unity Initiative. And we are very excited as we get closer and closer to that journey. This portion of NSN programming brought to you by our friends at A&H. Enjoy a 10% discount at all Abel's and Hyman products at kosherdogs.net with promo code radio. A&H has been serving the kosher world since 1954, and A&H products are available at better kosher supermarkets nationwide. Try A&H today. Yudi Silber says, I get in Mar Cheshvan. Thank you. Rabbi Cash says, great segment on monsters. Next monsters in politics. Oh, next should be monsters in politics, which is very scary. Yeah, that's actually a good point. That would be... Well, I don't know if it would be a bestseller. It would probably be banned at some point, but whatever. Hey, our friends at ShopEichlers.com remind you that not only do they have the largest Judaica store online, they also have same-day delivery to Borough Park, Flatbush, Williamsburg, Crown Heights, Staten Island, Queens, Five Towns, Far Rockaway, Muncie, Monroe, Teaneck, Lakewood, Toms River, and Jackson, New Jersey. ShopEichlers.com. That's where you want to go. Again, ShopEichlers.com. All righty. Uh, full schedule today, and uh, as we always say on Thursday and Friday at the Nahum Siegel Network, you want to make sure to always, always um, leave it on NSN all through the day and night, Thursday, Thursday night, and Friday all the way until candlelighting time. You want to make sure to always do that uh, because we have an amazing lineup. Charlie Harari at 9 o'clock, Michael Fragan with Elliot Kaufman, Letters Editor for the Wall Street Journal, coming up at 9.30 on Spin Class. Rabbi Jack Abramowitz is Allison's guest on Jew in the City Speaks uh, at 10 o'clock. Miriam Alwalek, brand new live show with um, the theme of Breast Cancer Awareness Month. She'll be joined by breast cancer survivor Shoshana Polikoff. Live lunch Thursday from 11 until 1. Looking forward to speaking to you then. Erev Shabbos Show with Mark Zamek is brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem. 
And that is happening starting at uh, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, special for Parshas Noach, and again, 3 a.m. Eastern Time tomorrow and 10 a.m. Eastern Time tomorrow. You know what I always, all brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem. You know what I always say? You know what I always say? Never, ever a need to touch that dial Thursday and Friday at the Nahum Siegel Network. I'm 
J.M. in the A.M. with Eitan Katz, a segment he calls Everlasting Love that he does with his uh, brother Shlomo. Pretty amazing on this uh, Rosh Chodesh morning here at J.M. in the A.M. Thursday morning broadcast coming up, as we said, at 9.30 this morning after Charlie Harari. It's going to be spin class with Michael Fragan. He'll speak with Elliot Kaufman, letters editor for the Wall Street Journal, discussing the Crown Heights pogrom 30 years later. Those of you who don't know, August of 1991, literally, the Crown Heights program took place 30 years ago, and it's important to read about it, especially if you're on the younger side of things. 
Uh, some things are hard to believe actually happened in the city of New York. That did happen 30 years ago, and it was a uh, horrible situation. Michael Fragans with us live via telephone. Michael, Shana Tova to you. Welcome back to JM in the AM. Uh, a good a good year, Shana Tova, a good Chodesh, uh, Chodesh Tov to you, Nachum's good to be back. Appreciate that. You know, I was in Crown Heights the other day, and I'm saying to myself, boy, what a different atmosphere it is 30 years later. There is so much expansion of the Jewish community, so much, uh, uh, so as people like to say these days, infrastructure <laughs> in a Jewish community that's ever-expanding, uh, where people walk confidently in the streets, knowing that they have quite a presence in the neighborhood. Wouldn't you say it's a lot different now than three decades ago? Oh, for sure, Nachum. I would love to say that that you know something like that could not happen these days. It couldn't happen again. That relationships are much better um, than you know than they were. But I thought it was important to bring attention to what happened 30 years ago because yeah. once again, you know, even pre-COVID, but even now we see Jews being targeted for being identifiably Jewish, and uh, it's important for all of us. Uh, I think particularly. The younger listeners on the younger side that might not have a direct memory of what happened, that we be vigilant. And that's, you know, one of the one of the things about the basic things about government and politics is you got to protect the citizenry. You got to protect the people. And I think that that is so, uh, so important in this day of uh, of wokeness and Black Lives Matter and defund the police. I don't want to conflate all you know three, but, you know, there is seem to have this lost idea that government is, you know, needs to provide public safety. Um, and I thought it was also important, you know, Eric Adams being the overwhelming favorite to be the new New York City mayor, that, you know, he comes of political age right after Crown Heights. That was his neighborhood. And a lot of uh, people in the city, you know, put public safety first. And this is a, this was and is, continues to be a looming public safety issue. So for all these issues... I thought as we kind of kick off the new season and the new year, uh, you know, talk about what happened uh, 30 years ago. And L.A. Kaplan wrote an excellent article about it. I encourage everybody to listen to the show. Uh, yeah, 930 this morning, everybody. And I want to clarify what I said. Uh, you're 100% right. Yes, the neighborhood, as I described it, is uh, much more vast and much more active and certainly one that uh, operates on a daily basis with great confidence. But, yes, as we know from uh, isolated videos and, uh, and not-so-isolated videos, there are Jews – uh, on the streets of New York, God knows what's happening in other cities who are targeted, and uh, it's not the safest of situations as you described. That's my first point. I don't want people to think I overlooked that when I was talking about how incredible the Crown Heights neighborhood has developed over the last 30 years. And the second thing is, look, I, I don't know I don't know if you could explain it, but yeah, public safety is the number one issue, and it seems to be the issue that no one pays attention to over the last couple of years. Uh, if anything, people are doing things that would prevent real public safety uh, from uh, being effective. Uh, I, I don't know if a new mayor is going to help. I don't know if it's going to have a ripple effect if it does help on other cities throughout the United States, as New York tends to do in many areas. Uh, I, I just, you know, I, I think we have to have a guarded enthusiasm about a supposedly safety-first mayor taking over in New York City. Uh, you know, Nachum, we should always be uh, skeptical of promises that are made, and we should always want to make sure that uh, things uh, that we hold our politicians accountable. I mean, I think that's part of what we do. That's part of what you do, what I do. You know, in speaking 
in the media and speaking on the radio and telling people what's going on. If you don't tell people what's going on, uh, you know, people aren't paying attention, and then that's why uh, things kind of fall apart a little bit. Uh, I think that, uh, you know, Eric Adams, you know, coming as a former police officer himself, uh, certainly has always been interested in police reform, but I don't think there's any question based on his track record and based on his knowledge of the neighborhood of the neighborhoods uh, throughout New York City that he's going to be a less ideologically driven mayor than Bill de Blasio was. I think he certainly uh, you would never allow what happened in Crown Heights, which is basically not mobilizing the police for three days, uh, not giving them adequate uh, uh, commands to go ahead and contain the riots and let them continue to get out of control. I, I just think that's, his, that's a background that he comes from. And, you know, he also wants to ensure the prosperity of the city. And I think what we know is that the prosperity of any neighborhood comes about because people feel safe and they feel that they can grow their, their homes and they can grow their businesses. And that's, you know, really important. I mean, what's going on throughout the country, uh, we did see, you know, quite a bit of lawlessness. Uh, I think we saw it for months and months in Portland, right? That continued to to, to flare, uh, you know, just a short time ago. And, uh, yeah, we always have to be vigilant about that. And, and, look, um, and, look, and, and look at what's happening in Chicago and other cities as well. Yes. I mean, shootings, murders, exactly, is, 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 is nuts. And I think that, you know, out of control. I mean, the one thing we have to look, you know, look at, the people who protest police brutality, and they, should, and they certainly should, if, if, if and when it happens, uh, should also be protesting, as Eric Adams has said, uh, you know, when the gangbangers are, are killing people as well. Yeah, how Levi people would react that way. We'd be in better shape. Michael Fragan's with us. Um, what percentage of the vote will Eric Adams get on November the 2nd? Oh, yeah, you know, you, you always try to get me into that prediction game, Nahum. You know, uh, well, I, I, I'm just curious if you're, <laughs> if you're thinking 65 or you're thinking 75. Like, I'm, I'm wondering where your head's at. Well, I, personally, you know, and not to not to insult anyone, but uh, our friend Nicole Maliotakis four years ago came in with uh, right around thirty percent of the vote. Right. Uh, I don't see Curtis Fleetwood doing as well as she did. I think that she ran a you know a strong campaign before. I mean, there's still a month left. You never right. know; things could change, circumstances could change. What about uh, I see? Yeah. Er, I see Eric Adams exceeding that number that. Uh, from, from last time around. I think he'll have a lot of... He has crossover appeal as opposed to Bill de Blasio, who did not. So he could be over 70%, no joke. I mean, he could do that. Um, wh- what about the people who are frustrated with the lack of a Republican Party in New York City? Forget the state for a moment, and I know there's much more activity in the Republican Party in the state, and there's actually going to be, I would think, a real, meaning a contested election coming up for governor. We'll talk about that in a minute. But when it comes to New York City, I mean, is there hope for those who think that the Republican Party is more concerned about public safety and more concerned about certain issues uh, that are important to the future of New York? Well, the question of the Republican Party in New York City is is a you know a tough one, and it's a question of the Republican Party in in many cities and uh, many urban areas. I mean, New York City not being the only one, but it's one that's particularly lopsided. But you have. Uh, you have cities like uh, Boston, which is about to elect a new mayor, where the Republican Party is not competitive uh, there. Right. Chicago. I mean, there are other big, all big cities where uh, the Republican Party has not uh, really come forth with a with a real urban agenda that's going to attract um, you know, voters. And 
you know, that's a long-term trend that, yeah. that you really, it's going to be very difficult to, you know, to get out of. Does the Republican Party have a platform that should speak to urban uh, voters? Absolutely. I mean, school choice, you know, is a huge, is a huge issue that's not talked about enough. Uh, I think they, as we said, you know, as we talked about public safety uh, is, you know, another one, but also good government and reform. And, and, you know, there's no reason that taxes should be, so incredibly high and continue to go up in, in places like New York City. Yeah. Um, it's and, and I will tell you another issue, I mean, which is quite incredible that a lot of people are not paying attention to, is the amount. And, you know, I'm not I'm, I'm not you know, uh, I, I'm not out there with regard to immigration, but I will tell you the amount of money that's being set aside for undocumented people in, you know, in our uh, in our state, in New York State right now, in New York City. Uh, basically just giving money to people who really legally should not be here, uh, it's, it's astounding. It's astounding. I mean, literally giving us uh, tens of thousands of dollars in giveaways to uh, uh, give tens of thousands of dollars in giveaways to people who are undocumented just because they're here, just because they're undocumented. Yeah. Um, so there's another issue for the Republican Party, you know, to get it. And, you know, politics is cyclical. Uh, it should come back. I mean, I think there's a competitive city council seat in Queens, uh, which Republicans should win, and uh, Eric Ulrich's uh, old seat, Joanne Ariola, running against a far-left socialist uh, Democrat. And uh, there are places the Republicans should be competitive. Are all of these declared candidates for uh, for the Republican primary in New York State, Rob Astorino, Mike Carpinelli, Derek Gibson, Andrew Giuliani, and Lee Zeldin, are they all declared that they're running in the Republican primary for governor? Well, yeah, you, it's, you, there is a process by which you end, you end up in the primary. Um, Lee Zeldin right now has the, would be the presumptive designee. Uh, he has well over the threshold needed to be the designee of the party, and that gets him on the ballot automatically. The others will have to uh, petition in order to get on, which is an arduous process in New York State. And we'll see who ends up actually getting on the ballot when, when it comes. Uh, you know, certainly they're all quality candidates. Certainly they're all talented candidates. But uh, I think right now, Lee Zeldin, I would call him not the, necessarily the, presump- the presumptive nominee, but the designee of the party uh, right now. And uh, Lee Zeldin has been out there uh, very, very impressively and raising in a very significant amount of money to be competitive. And that's the kind of thing that, Republicans have kind of fallen short uh, with in the past cycles. I, I mean, it could be a, a real statewide race, right? It could be. One should not assume that the Democratic nominee for governor uh, of the state of New York is, is going to automatically win that election. Uh, certainly not. The, the Democratic primary is going to be is shaping up to be particularly interesting. Obviously, right. uh, Governor Hochul, who is new to the job, uh, I don't know that she has you know name recognition, but she's certainly out there. She made an announcement yesterday, giving away an extra $25 million to uh, Jewish uh, organizations for security. Uh, certainly will, no doubt, earn the, the thanks of many. Uh, but uh, we know Tish James is gearing up to run, Jemani Williams is gearing up to run, possibly uh, Tom Suozzi, and Mayor Bill de Blasio. Right. Certainly uh, has telling people and had a New York Times feature that he is going to run as well. So there's a lot of people coming from the same uh, same spot. Oh, I forgot Steve Ballone, the Suffolk County executive, also looking to run for governor. So it's going to be an interesting and crowded primary. It could be a very acrimonious primary 
uh, on the Democratic side, and uh, we'll see what what happens with you know chances. I, uh, I as 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 you know, it's uh it's. You know, a year is a long, long time now. Yeah, that's for sure. And I found it interesting that uh, there was a discussion about George Pataki trying to become governor again. Uh, any chance you think he'll run? I don't think that is coming from George Pataki. That's uh, why I think George Pataki is quite uh, happy. I mean, he's not happy with the direction of the state. And, you know, speaking to him, uh, it's something that he definitely uh, cares about, cares about very, very deeply. But I don't think that uh, at this juncture he is looking for another uh, statewide campaign. Mm. Very interesting. Michael Fragan today at 9.30 this morning on the Nahum Single Network has a new edition of Spin Class. Elliot Kaufman, letters editor for the Wall Street Journal, will be his guest. They'll discuss the Crown Heights program 30 years later. Uh, Michael, as I always tell you, no greater spectator sport than the world of government and politics. Thanks so much for sharing your opinions with us. Absolutely, Nachum, and uh, you make it and you make it fun. You make spectating it all, all the more fun. <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah, you and I like sitting next to each other in the arena when we're when we're at the spectator sport of government and politics. More coming up. It's Thursday, Rosh Chodesh, JM in the AM.
One of my favorites off the Yes Legacy album. Ain't no Bishel and a Khaleesi She. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's pretty funny, actually. 
Full day of programming here at the Nahum Single Network. Make sure you're tuned in. Charlie Harari's next. Michael Fragan. I thank Michael for joining us. Uh, then Allison Josephs and Miriam Wallach, a brand new uh, edition of That's Life. She'll be speaking to uh, breast cancer survivor Shoshana Polikoff. Erev Shabbat Show with Mark Zomik is tonight, brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem. That's at 7 p.m. this evening, 3 a.m. and 10 a.m. tomorrow. Uh, the Erev Shabbat Show with Mark Zomik, brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem. We're in Florida next week. Don't forget, we're in Florida next week, Monday morning, or I should say Monday night. Monday night at Beth Israel Congregation. Come join us between 7 and 10 p.m. on West 40th Street of Miami Beach. And... Um, and then, um, and and we'll be recording Tuesday morning show there at Beth Israel. And then our uh, program uh, uh, Tuesday is to be at the Hebrew Academy, and we'll record Wednesday morning show there. So you'll be hearing Tuesday and Wednesday from Florida here at JM in the AM. We're going to be doing what uh, most of America has done over the last year and a half. We're going to Florida. <laughs> Brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard and listeners sponsored digital radio around the world of web and the Nachumsegal Network and of course the beloved NSN app. Wraps up an amazing Thursday, Rosh Chodesh. Plenty more tomorrow. Make sure to be tuned in between 6 and 9. Mayor K is joining us tomorrow, I am told. Mayor Kay tomorrow here at JM in the AM. And plenty more, of course, as you would suspect. Speak to you during the live lunch starting at 11 a.m. Eastern time. Make sure to be tuned in. Have some fun during the live lunch. Thanks so much for tuning in. Until tomorrow, Nachum Segal reminding you, remember the past, live the present, and trust the future.